You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome in, folks, to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. We are coming to you on Monday morning as we were waiting out what was to come between the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles, a game that dictated if the New York Giants would head to the playoffs. The Giants getting their job done, defeating the Dallas Cowboys in a really strong defensive battle, a game where their defense dominated. We're going to talk a little bit about all the things that happened during this game, our typical quick takes breakdown, but we obviously have to touch on what we witnessed happen on Sunday Night Football. And the only way I think we can truly describe it is one of the most blatant attempts at tanking in a modern football game that I think anybody has seen. And the approach that I just want to have with this, Chris, and I think the, the best way to go about it, as, as frustrated I, as I know that I am and, and as many other Giants fans are from what the Eagles did and their decision to pull Jalen Hurts and to put their third-string quarterback in, Nate Sudfield, and also already coming into the game with a, a bunch of starters not playing. For those circumstances, the one thing that I, I want to talk about, though, with this is it's really out of our control and out of the control of the Giants. And I'm, I'm sure this is the the approach that Joe Judge had when talking to his team after the game when referencing, we have to wait and see what, what happens between Washington and Philly before we can decide to start preparing for a playoff game next week. And that's a, a common thing that you hear from coaches is certain things like this are out of our control. So getting worked up over something as obnoxious as what Philly did, I, there's really no point in it. No, and, and this is why you you always say you don't want to, you don't want your future to be in another team's hands. You don't want to have to be relying on help to win a division or get a wild card spot because you never know if you're going to get that help you need. You know, there were some other teams in the NFL that needed help to make the playoffs, and they I don't believe they got it either. I, I haven't checked just yet, but I believe you know, th- there were other teams that needed wins outside of their control that they just didn't get. So this kind of thing happens. And from just a general competitive standpoint, what Philadelphia and Doug Peterson did is frustrating as hell. But... Yeah, Peterson obviously has the job security to feel that he can do that to basically tank the game and get a better draft pick, which 
who knows, they'll probably wind up trading down and accruing more draft picks. But I think it was also clear that Washington was the marginally better team in that game. Uh, Philly didn't have much of an answer for Washington's defense. And as ugly and sloppy as a game as it was, as much as you could say Philly lost, you can also say Washington won. And if the Giants want to make the playoffs, they should have won more games. And that's a that's a that's a sentiment I think a lot of Giants fans are not going to like. But if you can win those games, you can control your destiny, and then you don't have to rely on you know maybe another team not tanking or you know the any given Sunday effect where you know who knows maybe a team that has no business winning a game does win a game and knocks you out of the playoffs. And again, ultimately, just to wrap this up, it it really just comes down to something that cannot be controlled. There is no point in us sitting here for 45 minutes and talking about the same thing over and over again. And I'm sure that a lot of people are upset. Giants players went to Twitter. They were, they were justifiably upset. And again, we most of us share the same sentiments. Most of us agree that they were so close but were disrespected. Darius Slayton put it best where he was saying that it was a disrespectful attempt at playing a game that they were all playing. It was disrespect not only to the Giants, but to the game of football. And there's no point in continually harping on and talking about this for the remainder of the show. So I'd really like to talk a lot about what happened in this Dallas game as it was a fantastic game for the Giants. That was why I was excited. And that's why this show is so complicated because we're excited for the way that they played against Dallas, but at the same time disappointed by an outcome that the Giants had literally no control in. But getting into talking about Dallas, we have to start off by not only mentioning the fantastic first drive that Daniel Jones and the offense put together, but overall, I would argue it was a near-perfect, if not a perfect first half. They were moving very effectively. They were running the ball really well. There were no blatant turnovers, no big, terrible pressures given up by the offensive line. The defense looked really, really good. They were attacking. They were sacking Andy Dalton. They were doing everything right. And I would argue it was probably the best first half, if not one of the best first halves they've had this season. I would say it was pretty much the best half of football, maybe even the best football the Giants played all season long. And really the only blemish was that first Wayne Gallman fumble. And in that case, it was just, it just looked like a case of the timing was just a little bit off. And the way Wayne Gallman plays the game, yeah, he he plays fast behind the line of scrimmage. He hits the ball. He hits the hole hard. He is as decisive as he absolutely can be because that's the way he has to run, and that's what makes him effective. In this case, the timing was just a fraction of a second off. His hands closed just a little bit too soon, and the ball hit the ground. That only led to three points for Dallas. That you know the the Giants' defense did what they had to do, and you know. This really was, for the New York Giants, the 2020 New York Giants, a perfect half of football on both sides of the ball. That was the way they needed to play. You know, they ran the ball hard. They were effective in passing, if not particularly explosive. They racked up yards. They actually got into the end zone, which is a thing they just have not done this year. And then the defense was excellent. The game plan by Patrick Graham was one of his best of the year. Dallas was probably expecting a game like they saw, like the Giants played against Cleveland, 
and they didn't get it. They got man coverage, they got pressure packages, and the Giants were able to basically shut down Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard without having to to dedicate more than six or seven defenders to stopping the run. That was basically perfect on their part. And, and the two spots that I, I want to point to the most that I think performed the best in that first half and then even through the entirety of the game, this leads into our second point a little bit. Before we get to it, though, defensive line, fantastic the entire day. They were manhandling Dallas's offensive line the entire day. They looked really, really good. They were firing off the ball. They were closing down rushing lanes. And then not to mention creating pressure and getting sacks with defensive tackles. That's that's the success that is not really supposed to happen in the NFL is when your defensive tackles hit home and hit home consistently. And we saw that Leonard Williams had, had a hell of a day, had one of his best days of the season. He looked amazing in this game, the way that he played, clearly with an intent to help this team make it to the playoffs. And then the flip side of things, Giants offensive line, I thought had a very good day. They were not perfect. One of the, the sacks that they gave up was because of a mistake made by Caden Smith. So that doesn't really go on the offensive line. Andrew Thomas has a quiet day because he did so well. The whole group facing against what we talked about as a strong pass rush, a team that has a formidable group that previously did really well in the first matchup. The Giants offensive line looked really, really good. That is why we're talking about here, like why we're excited, because like the things that we saw in this game for me is more of what's to come next season. That is the base that you want to set for when you're heading into 2021, a fantastically played game by your your best unit, your defensive line, and your young developing group, which is your offensive line. Yeah, and we'll get to this in the second half and over the coming months. But you know, what we saw, particularly in the first half of this game, is a reason to not be too frustrated with the fact that the Giants missed the playoffs. You know, they have a foundation that they can build on. You know, they have an identity and quite frankly, the culture is not a problem. Like they didn't need to win this game. They did win this game and they won this game basically the way they, they should have been winning games all season long, but they didn't need this win to feel good going into next year. Like if Dallas had been able to execute the comeback win yet, the Giants would still have played well enough to know that they have a a tough, hard, fighting culture that they can build on going forward. And the second key thing here, we already mentioned a little bit, Giants defense played one hell of a game. The, the, the simplest way of describing and talking about how they played is that they played lights out. They looked really, really good, and we already hit on some of the things that was so effective. You talked a little bit about changing up the coverage and trying to confuse this Cowboys offense by shifting away from what they've already set as a precedent of running mostly zone. The defensive line didn't necessarily require extra pressure to pick up sacks. They used it effectively when they needed to, but there were four-man rushes that were able to create pressures, and you get six sacks, nine quarterback hits from that group. There's a lot of other things that we can hit on, but the other one that I want to touch on is Xavier McKinney, I thought, had a, a hell of a game. Xavier McKinney almost had an interception early in the game and then ended up having the game-sealing one at the end of the game. I, a lot of props to, to Xavier McKinney 
the giant second round pick rookie safety who another player another piece to this team that I'm excited to see what happens in 2021 that is something I'm probably going to say a million times in the next few months heck maybe even until the season starts next year are pieces that make me excited from last year and Xavier McKinney was one of them yeah really the entire secondary powered this off or powered this defense and they needed the defense to come through in the second half because the offense tailed off but the Giants played complimentary football. Their defense stayed strong the whole way through. Dallas was able to get some rhythm in the third and fourth quarters, but they got the stops when they needed to, and then they got that final game ceiling eventually with, of course, the 2020 NFC East chaos tacked on at the end, interception from McKinney. <laughs> right, right. Overall, though, this whole group just looked so, so good in this game and were a big reason why they were successful. There are some pieces that during the offseason we're going to have to talk about who we think should be coming back, who we hope should be coming back. I would argue as many guys that are top performers and top contributors to have those guys come back. You know, the, the big question that we're going to end up talking about during the offseason, which we probably don't need to unpack right now, is Dalvin Tomlinson and Leonard Williams. Can you afford to bring back both of those guys? Who do you pick? Who do you decide to keep? And that that is ultimately going to be, I think, a driving conversation this offseason because depending on maybe what happens with the general manager spot, which that is entirely up in the air, that is something that we'll probably eventually be talking about down the line over the next few weeks. You know, that situation, Or who knows, maybe even a few days. <laughs> right, next next few days even. You know, it could be one of those situations. But that that's one key thing here. We're going to be talking a lot about like how many how many of these guys that produced a really good defensive unit can possibly be coming back and how many can you get to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about what is to come, just a, a brief glimpse into the future in a short second after this commercial break. So, Chris, as we stand right now, the Giants are going to be drafting with the 11th overall pick after the anticlimactic spot that they were put in where they almost could have made the playoffs. Again, not going to harp on that um, too much, but the complicated thing that we're going to be talking about during the offseason is trying to fit some of these guys into the cap, retaining your best defensive players. But more importantly, I think with that 11th pick, it puts them actually in a, in a strong spot. That's the one positive out of the situation where when you're picking 11th, you can still attack and resolve some of the final issues on the roster to get a real playmaker, get a real impact player. I would argue that top 15 picks from 7 to 15, you can get some really talented football players that can come in and make a, an early impact. Yeah, the, the Giants could be looking at a at having a player who, who solves one of their major needs, one of their major weaknesses, fall right into their lap. Yeah, it's a little annoying, I think, that the Cowboys will be picking directly before them at 10, but yeah, the, not much can do about that other than lose last night. That would have change things obviously but you know picking at 11th is not a bad spot to be in you know they could have a player like uh Jalen Waddle from Alabama or Caleb Farley cornerback out of Virginia Tech uh JC Horn cornerback out of South Carolina maybe even Micah Parsons the linebacker out of Penn State could fall into the Giants lap and any one of them would have the type of game the type of talent to really help 
elevate that side of the ball to the next level. The Giants need a true number one receiver. We saw that. You know, we saw that yesterday with how well Sterling Shepard played when he was allowed to play from the slot. The Giants didn't have to try to make room for Golden Tate. You know, we also saw just how much the coverage drives the defense's performance. Now imagine getting a big, long, athletic, physical cornerback to pair with James Bradbury. Yeah, how much that could open up the Giants' defense or get in, get a linebacker like Micah Parsons who can play sideline to sideline, who can drop into coverage, but also has that experience as an edge to give the Giants the speed off the edge that they currently do not have. Yeah, and I, honestly, that spot for me, the 11th spot, we'll have a lot of time to dissect this. This is just the early outlook. I'm, I'm still really eyeing the possibility at getting Micah Parsons. The one thing that I always, I harp on a ton in the draft is throughout the process, we really love to value linebackers very highly when they're talented. But what tends to happen is they end up getting pushed back further than a lot of people project. It's just the lay of the land. There's going to be people that trade up for offensive players there's going to be a ton of movement because of four quarterbacks that are going to be highly prized at the top of the draft we're talking Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields Zach Wilson Trey Lance and then the possibility of some other guys going later in the first round so uh, I think that that the spot that they're in you already mentioned some really key names they're still in play for the ultimate I think biggest prize here the one that is the most is the largest priority for this Giants defense for resolving a couple issues, not just one, is going and getting Micah Parsons. So that like that's the that for me is the home run. That is what you're hoping for to happen. Hoping to see what happens is that he ends up falling into your lap. Regardless, you're going to go and be able to get a, a strong contributing player. And then maybe with some of that leftover money, fill some of those minor roles on your roster with a veteran that is willing to come in and and take on a veteran role that's going to be it from us folks on this episode of the chris and joe show stay tuned for what is going to be a long off season and off season where we are going to be excited for building off of this strong season a strong finish to the season a season that had many ups and downs but a lot of really good football the, the where we sit right now is far more positive i would argue until you know until the end of time right now is far more positive than where we sat at the end of last season there are a lot of things to build on there are a lot of strong key pieces a part of this roster that are going to lead to long-term success for this Giants roster and we're going to spend a ton of time throughout the offseason talking about what happened this season projecting forward talking about guys that the Giants should be looking at so stay tuned for what is going to be a fun and exciting offseason NFL draft process all of that great stuff all that great stuff make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of our content um, additionally follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon at Raptor MKII and at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram lastly head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis we'll talk to you soon folks